Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. As always, it's your host, Reagan Griffin, joined by Julio Martinez and Eddie Sun. Let's cut to the chase, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good, good. Happy Thanksgiving. Late Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, had a great dinner with the family. And yeah, just happy Thanksgiving to all. Thankful for you guys. Thankful Aww. for all our listeners. Thankful for basketball and, you know, everything else. Honestly, Julio just <laughs> said everything I was going to say, so we can just leave it at that. The, the funniest part of my Thanksgiving, Eddie texts me like, yo, send me a video of you deep frying your turkey because my sister swears that's not a thing. She doesn't believe that people deep fry a turkey. What do you mean? That's the only way you the make a turkey taste good. The only way. That's the only way you make a tur- turkey taste good uh, unless you have like hella stuffing and loaded with gravy uh, turkey. I'm not the biggest fan of turkey, but fried turkey, I mean, that's like the only way to go. It runs, man. It runs. What'd she think, Eddie? Was she, did she, did we enlighten her? Did we put her on? Uh, I mean, I think she was expecting something different because all the videos of like the demonstrations where people burn their house down, deep fried turkeys is those like old school deep fryer pots. Oh, nah. But you had some like cool little machinery where you could put your turkey in. Yeah. We, but, we, we don't do all the extra stuff around here. We, 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 we get with the times around here, but no, I'm glad I, hopefully she can try it one day. Cause that, that thing went, I don't know who seasoned it. I think it was my mom, but that thing went anyways, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and hop into the, uh, the today's episode. Since there's not news around the NBA, that's that pertinent. We get to do one of our fun episodes. I always love doing these where we kind of bounce around an idea, whether it's a draft Today's episode is going to be talking about players under the age of 25. Not 25 and under, but strictly under the age of 25. We're going to be running through our top 10 players under 25, um, starting with 10 to 6, and then we'll take a break to discuss and then go from 5 to 1, throw in some honorable mentions, and then we'll call it a day. All that sound good? Yep. All right. Who wants to kick it off? Number 10 player Uh, under 25. Julio, you look excited, man. I'll I'll flip to you. Yeah, because I, I feel like I, I have a name, at least at the number 10 spot, that maybe you guys don't have. I really think you guys don't have them. But at number 10, I have one of my favorite players in the NBA. I got Bam Adebayo. Mm. And I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me, which is fine. I, I just saw Eddie's face. But I feel like Bam... As much as he improved and showed, you know, uh, uh, as a player, who won most improved player of the year? It was Bam, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was Ingram. You're right. You're right. Oh, okay. But he, in other words, he was a, he was a strong candidate. Even from, you know, where he's at at this point in his career and congrats to him, he just signed the max extension. I feel like he can even win uh, uh, most improved again next year something that i see with with him in the miami heat that's like super impressive is just how much you know he he can still unlock when he rebounds the ball he has a legit handle and it's not a handle for a big man he has a legit handle and he's quick he's a quick first step he he can he moves with speed and strength not to he's not lebron-esque but in some ways he is he can really bring the ball down, you know, and be that point center that, you know, Miami may need going forward. 
Um, and another thing that I love about him, his form is not ugly. His form is not ugly at all. It, it's actually, it, it looks pretty good. So although he's not the best mid-range or even three-point shooter, I feel like going forward, he can, that, that'll that be something that he'll not only improve on, but it'll be a strength of his. I have no doubt of, of Bam, you know, uh, uh, him improving on that and in my mind. And just what he showed, you know, this playoffs, this bubble, this whole season, I mean, he plays so hard. He rebounds the ball. He defends like crazy. Um, and he's just, I feel like he, he has the potential to be one of, I mean, in my mind, he's already a top four big man in the NBA. So, uh, th- that's why I have a number 10 and number nine, Reagan's going to love this. I got John Morant. Really? Uh, yeah. It hurt me so bad. I'll spoil it now. John Morant's not on my top 10. It hurt me and, so bad. No, no. And, and at first when I was making the list, I had him at 11, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I thought about it more. I looked at some stats, um, and I put him at number nine. One thing I love about John Morant um, is just how efficient he is. In his rookie season, he shot 48% from the field. And that's with not a great shot. I don't really love his three-point shot. And that's one of the negatives of him going forward in his career. Is he going to be too reliant on his athleticism? But I think he's super skilled, whether it's in the pick and roll or breaking his man down and his passing, that he can really, you know, uh, uh, be more than just Russell Westbrook or John Wall, depending on their athleticism too much, and then they die out. So I, I think he can really improve it, and he is a very, very skilled player. And he's hilarious. Um, did y'all see the tweet where he said, uh, what did he say? Y'all took that walk yet on Thanksgiving? He tweeted it out on Thanksgiving. And that was just yeah. hilarious to me. I don't think yeah. most NBA players have the gall to, to tweet that out. <laughs> but, uh, no, shout out to Ja. We love Ja around here. Yeah, um... Number eight and seven. Uh, the reason I want to group these, uh, no, these you know rankings or numbers together, seven and eight together, is that I did a deep dive into these two players because hmm. I could not choose at first. When, when you first give me these two names, I, I really can't choose. You can convince me one way or the other. So I did a deep dive on their numbers, and their numbers are like exactly the same. They're almost identical to to each other. And that's Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Really? And, and it's funny because these are the two players who obviously probably had the biggest head-to-head battle in the bubble. Um, and so I ended up putting Donovan Mitchell at eight and Jamal Murray at seven. Jamal, The edge goes to Jamal Murray just because of his height and because I think he's more efficient with his numbers, although the numbers would say that uh, 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 that they shoot essentially the same from the three, just from field goal percentage and, and everything else. But Donovan Mitchell, the, the thing that gets me about him, the reason why I'm not his biggest fan is because I just think he's super inefficient um, outside of this year's bubble. He takes some bad shots. He's not the tallest. Dude. He's listed at six one on basketball reference. Um, and he's just like, I, I feel like he wants to be like that D-Wade type but he just was never that. And obviously he showed me something different during the bubble, but um, yeah, I, the, the numbers are crazy. They, in their career, they, uh, Jamal Murray shoots 35.8 from three. Donovan Mitchell shoots 35.5 from three. They're both their field goal percentage percentages are exactly the same. Then I did a deep dive on, 
their performances against the top four defenses in the NBA this year, and they both averaged 21.4 points. Uh, like, how crazy is that? It's the spider then, uh, um, Yeah, in, in 2019, uh, um, um, from field goal percentage, Donovan Mitchell shot 31%. Jamal Murray shot 35 And then this is in the playoffs, actually. And then in 2020, they both shot uh, essentially 51%. So these players are like the same exact players. They're both combo guards. They can play off the dribble. They can both play point. They're both good in the pick and roll. Um, But, yeah, I I put Jamal Murray at seven and Donovan Mitchell at eight just because of some of the shots they take, and and I feel like their IQ on the court. And then finally at number six, I got Ben Simmons. Hmm. Ben Simmons is a guy who I was really – should I put the, should I put Ben Simmons after Donovan Mitchell and, and Jamal Murray just because, you know, everybody talks about the negative part of, parts of his game, but not enough people talk about the, the positives. And the positives are obviously, you know, his defense, his passing ability, his ability to play in the pick and roll as the ball handler and as the role guy. So I just feel like there's so many different things that – he can do that has that hasn't been unlocked yet, um, and he can really be you know a, a souped up Draymond. I always say that because I mean he's just a Swiss Army knife that can do so much, and it's kind of ironic that you know you say he can do so much, but he can't really shoot the ball. Um, but I just think you have to put him in different positions on the court and make him take on different responsibilities. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like he he can be he can really be transcendent. So that's my top ten. Uh, 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 six to ten. I got Bam, then Ja, then Mitchell, then Murray, then Ben Simmons at six. I gotta say, Julio, I, I can tell that you're not in school right now with the amount of research that you put in for the Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell comparison. That's kind of crazy, man. No, but I, it's it's actually crazy because I was so curious because when you tell me those two names, I can really be swayed either way. But then when I did a deep dive, it's like. Why are th- why are their numbers exactly the same? It's like they play exactly the same. Interesting. All right, Eddie. Try to come with some concision. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before before I do my six to ten, um, I wasn't surprised that you put Bam at ten at all. In fact, I was kind of expecting that the way you set it up, talking about it's like one of your guys. Like this is one you know mm-hmm. like, but I actually. Bam was a hard decision because I wanted to fit him on my 10, but I couldn't quite. Mm. So uh, let me do my 8, 9, and 10 together because they're all guards, like similar mold of guards. Mm-hmm. Um, at 10, I have Ja. And I'm kind of surprised that, Reagan, you have him off your list considering how much you love him. I love him. You know? I love him. I think he'll be on it one day, but he's just not there right now. But, uh, okay, I guess. This is, I, I mean, think, this is going forward, though, Reagan. Yeah, to me, what I'm projecting. Exactly. Okay, we'll so, get into it. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah, at 10, I have Ja. At 9, I have D'Angelo Russell. And at 8, I have Jamal Murray. Um, starting with 8, Jamal Murray is a guy that if the bubble didn't happen as it did last year, um, I definitely would not have him on my top 10. Um, he showed me a lot in that bubble. Um, and, you know, that the playmaking, the extra jump in playmaking, shot making, you know, just confidence level. Um all that is is stuff that he wasn't showing during the regular season or previous playoff runs. And, you know, if I just go off the bubble performance alone, you know, that is going to put him in my top 10. And then to D'Angelo Russell, um, he's a guy that 
I'm super high on maybe because he had that short stint, you know, as a warrior. But um, I think he gets severely underrated by a lot of people because people either think he's like inefficient or a ball hog or, um, you know, he doesn't play defense or for whatever reason, maybe because he, he's been on what, four teams already in his career. But D'Angelo Russell is a legit lead guard to me in the mold of a James Harden. And he's, you know, just now starting to figure out that part of his game. Um, when he got to Minnesota, he started taking more threes, getting to the line more often. And if you look at it, um, not only can he be like a James Harden, like a lead guard type, but he can also play off the ball. He's a really good catch and shoot shooter, shooter off movement. Um, and, and people make a big deal about, you know, the lack of effort on defense and whatnot, but he's a legit offensive weapon that you can build around. It just kind of sucks that he's been on some subpar team so far. But that's a guy that can give you, I think, in the future, close to like 30 points a game, eight assists a game. Um, off, off like good volume as well. And then Ja at the end, I think, you know, everyone knows what Ja brings. The only thing that I don't see in him is like an aggressive gene for shot making, which kind of puts me off because if he did kind of have that aggression in him, then I'd have him in my top five easily, kind of like Trey Young. But again, the only thing that's missing is him looking to score when he has the ball in a pick and roll situation, in an isolation situation. But otherwise, he has all the tools to be a great point guard in the future. Hmm. And then, oh, I got to do six and seven. So um, these are both, you know, point fours. You can call them point fours. At seven, I have Ben Simmons. And at six, I have Zion. Um, I think a lot of people might have Zion higher. I feel like we probably don't just because we, we talked about Zion a lot. But, um, again, it's like we've yet to see him have that full cam- full healthy campaign on the court. But... Um, if he does stay healthy and he shows us what he's really capable of, you know, these lists might totally change and he could be like number one or number two. And then Ben Simmons, it's tough to have him at number seven considering just how good I think he can be in the right team context. But again, if a player is limited by having to be put in a certain team context, you know, I struggle to um, wonder, you know, how high can you be on the list if I have to fit you in a, in a certain situation, if I can't just put you on the court and have you be good. But Again, like he's too talented of a player, and and I'm looking forward to see what uh, Philadelphia can do this year because I think they're really setting him up for success better than they have before. Interesting. Um, so w- one point that I wanted to touch on uh, when I said that I had Jaw initially when I made my initial list, I had Jaw at 11. I had D'Lo at number nine. And something about D'Lo, especially when you're projecting, I mean, his career is going to be very, very long. Um, He's super skilled and he doesn't play with a ton of athleticism and, you know, a a bunch of people love to bag on him for all the Nick Young and and silly stuff that he does. Um, But I I think he, he definitely deserves, deserves strong consideration for the list. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and, you know, we'll get into why I don't have Ja in my top 10 at this point in time. But when you watch Ja Morant play to me, he plays like D'Angelo Russell if he had a 40 inch vertical. Like, he plays a very slow, methodical game that turns into very, like, it's very change of pace and looking to pass, force, and create for others. So, mm, I, wa- I don't have D'Angelo Russell or, or Ja Moran on my list, man. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think this is one of those things to where we'll look back at our list and you can't really be mad at anyone's, but, you know, there's certain things that you can nitpick at. I have Jamal Murray at 10. 
Um, just because of I don't want to rehash everything that you guys just said. So I'll just make it known that, you know, it was pretty much off of what he did in the bubble. If that's the Jamal Murray that we're going to get moving forward, then he deserves to be on this list 100 percent. At nine, I had Bam, Bam out of bio. So I did have Bam on my list um, for a lot wow. of the same reasons that you said, Julio, just a really good center. He proved to me that he's a championship caliber player at the highest level, that he has that type of impact. And not other players on this list haven't been able to stamp their name and say, yeah, you put me on your team, I can contribute to not just you know winning basketball, I can contribute to your team getting to a championship and competing. I have Brandon Ingram at number eight. Um, did you guys have Brandon Ingram anywhere on your list? I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't I think have so, him, right? I have him higher. You have him higher? I imagine you probably have him higher too, right, Julio? Brandon Ingram, like, I, I very much enjoy Brandon Ingram's game. Um, I'm not sure if I'm willing to say Brandon Ingram is set to be a championship player. A, a championship one player, at least I should say. I, I think he's not the best player on a championship winning team. And the guys that I have had ahead of him, I think could be that guy. Um, at least I've yet to see it from Brandon Ingram. I think he had um, a lot of good players on his team, and he showed a lot of stuff this year. And you know, based on what we see this upcoming season with a full Zion Williamson and hopefully an improved Lonzo Ball, you still got JJ Redick. You have an improved Pelicans team. Maybe I'll get a little bit more of a taste of what I think Brandon Ingram could be. But at this particular juncture, I can't have him in my top five. Number seven, I have his teammate Zion. A lot of the same reasons. I love to have Zion higher, but I got to see it first uh, in more than just a couple of games. At number six, I actually had Donovan Mitchell. So there's a little bit more of a gap between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray for me than it is for y'all. Just because Donovan Mitchell, I don't know, man. This the, he, how do I put this? Watching he's him, a guy that you've. Uh... He's a guy that you've tried to demo in one of your Twitter videos, and that's why you like him so much. Yes, that's the reason. That's exactly the reason. No, I mean, it's it's he has a style of play that I, I think just it, it screams like playoff basketball. You know what I mean? And I think one of the things that I learned in, in this past season is like, you know, there are certain guys, almost the, the Bob Myers-ism is the fact that, you know, there are guys who play 82 very well, but you're going to need guys who play seven very well. And I, I think Jonathan Mitchell is just a guy that, you know, as he continues to progress his playmaking, which he showed a lot more this season than he has in years past, um, that's a guy who's going to be great both in 82 and in 7. So going off the potential that he showed, I think the next evolution for him is, again, improving on his shooting um, and then his playmaking as well. He does those two things. That guy's a championship player tenfold. So mine, Jamal Murray, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jamal Murray, Anyone have beef with that? Anyone want to discuss before we move into the top five? I don't have beef just, with it. I don't have beef with it, but you guys are going to be mad or maybe upset at my list. But well, I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know how to feel about Brandon Ingram at yeah. Eight. He's too I low. Have him at eight, right? He's too low for me. He's too low. I don't know. Because I mean, I think what, I'm what, kind of, you, you, you can say defense, like like you can say defense, right? But but I mean, even defense, I mean, he has more potential than a Donovan Mitchell, and, and he showed flashes of it this season. Exactly. But then, you know, it's kind of the same stuff people were saying out of the draft, talking about baby KD or whatever. But it's been kind of actualized, right, because he's he's 6'10", or, or whatever. His, he's probably listed as, like, 6'8", but his arms, you know, make him a lot longer. And then, you know, the shot-making is, like, legit, right? This year, I don't think anybody can deny, you know, 40% from three – you know, he can finish. He has a really good 
you know, in between game, all sorts of, you know, shot making moves. And then, you know, he gets to the line and everything. Didn't he shoot like 41 from three this season? I think he shot like 40%. But in terms of the shot making and the height and, you know, all of that, it's, it's, um, it's stuff you can't teach. And even the stuff you can't teach, he's really perfected. I don't know. It's a little kind of staggering to me. I feel like you can't really have him that low. I'll say this. And I think it's important that we as analysts kind of recognize where our, uh, biases and blind spots are but i've noticed about myself as of late i kind of have a bias against slow twitch players if that makes sense i I very much enjoy guys who have burst in quickness to their game because those are the things that i can tangibly see win whereas brandon ingram is a little bit slower and i'm not sure how that functions in relation to the rest of his team a whole lot just because when he gets the ball the game tends to slow down a little bit especially within the context of that pelicans team that i think is designed to move very fast it's just kind of a weird dichotomy there so i i don't know just watching him play i don't enjoy the fact that when he gets the ball the game kind of slows down a little bit and because and he's a good playmaker don't get me wrong he creates for his teammates pretty well um, but I don't know. It's just a weird, like, you know, it becomes Brandon Ingram's court almost, which, you know, I think the best of the best can kind of, you know, penetrate, create for others and, and do all of those sorts of things, which again, that's why I very much like Donovan Mitchell. That's the sort of thing I see is the quick twitch in the burst. I mean, see, I don't you, think you, you, you did say though, that you like players that are good for seven games in playoff series. Yeah. That's Brandon Ingram. That's Brandon Ingram. I've also yet to I just, see that. Like, you know, I, 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 I also... I, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I mean, I don't think Brandon Ingram is slow twitch, though, right? Because I feel like he, he proved that to us last year, whereas some of his problems beforehand was an inability to, like, break down defenses and to leverage a quick first step. But he might not have the quickest first step, but the length and, you know, figuring out how to make his movements more efficient last year, at least in my eyes, he was beating past defenders with ease and you know getting to the rim and and you know using secondary moves to finish over or around them so i mean i don't know i think maybe we just have different also, values. also something with brandon ingram that luke walton did and luke walton is not the best coach by any stretch or, or imagination but luke walton would put him at point sometimes yeah and i mean he can he he can legit play one through four I mean, Just I remember that's what I really started getting sold on, on on Brandon Ingram. And don't get me wrong. And none of this is to say, and I think I speak for all of us when I say none of this is to say we're really grasping at hairs between which players are, are better and worse here. Um, but really when I started to notice what Brandon Ingram's potential truly would be is when Luke Walton started putting him at point guard. I was like, yo, this dude can actually create for other people as well. He's not just going to be a ball stopper. I'm not trying to say he's a ball stopper. It's just kind of the 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 slowness of it, I feel like that leaves you a little bit more susceptible to being stopped by a really good defender than if you're than you're a guy with a little bit more burst and quickness. But then again, the length could compensate. I think it's just like you said, Eddie, a difference in what we kind of prefer and look for when we watch guys. Like a guy like Cade Cunningham, very slow twitch, but he's going to be a successful basketball player in the NBA. So neither here nor there. We ready to get into the top five, or there's more? Is there more on the table to talk about? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Top five. All right. Let's get her done. Go back to you, Julio. For the remainder of our top 25 players under the age of 25, tune into the next episode of Hoop and Holler, where we go through 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1, and we give you some honorable mentions and guys to look out for. We'll see you next time.